I went into this offseason thinking, all right, well, all of this is just going to be made up to be a crazy offseason once again with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to hear all the rumors coming about. Everything's going to happen, and he's going to end up back in Green Bay just like he has every other time there's been drama. It's different this time, I think. And it wasn't any different until what happened yesterday. It hadn't been different to me until you get news that Jets officials flew out to California to meet with him. Those officials included the owner, Woody Johnson, GM, Joe Douglas, the coach, Robert Sala, and the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Now, a couple of those guys have connections to the Green Bay Packers, Nathaniel Hackett being the easiest one, as he was the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers the couple years that he won MVP the last, what, two, two years ago and three years ago. His last season, he struggled. Hackett obviously went out to Denver. didn't work out. And then with Robert Sala, he's best friends with Matt LaFleur. Matter of fact, Matt LaFleur was the best man at Robert Sala's wedding. So it's an interesting thing to watch with this Aaron Rodgers thing because up until this point, I was just still set, even though all signs were pointing that maybe he's going to leave, that he's going to go to New York. But everyone's pointed it out. If you're going to stick with someone, you don't let them flirt and openly flirt with someone else or openly talk to someone else. That just doesn't happen. And now Aaron Rodgers is openly having discussions about going to the New York Jets. It's just weird. Also, in 15 years, are we going to be talking about Jordan Love going to the New York Jets? Because why in the world is it always the Jets? It couldn't be some other team. It has to be the Jets. What's going to happen after Rodgers goes to the Jets? Is he going to play there? and suck, and then go to Minnesota, and go to NFC Championship games? Like, Is he just following Brett Favre's full career path? Like, What is going on? But I do, it doesn't make sense to me that Green Bay is in the situation that they're in. And they've really created it for themselves by drafting Jordan Love. And then if you're not going to keep Aaron Rodgers long-term, then why would you have paid him last offseason? Why did you decide to sign him to this extension? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because you just signed this guy to three years. Now, it would be crazy, unprecedented for an MVP, a back-to-back MVP to be available like he would have been last offseason if the Packers decided to move on. And I don't think it would have been the right move to move on. I'm still not 100% sure it's the right move to move on right now. But why would you do that just for a year later to decide, you know what, we're going to roll with Jordan Love? Did sitting another year really help Jordan Love that much? I don't know. We'll ask Peter Bukowski some of these things coming up at 8.30 and get some of his thoughts locked on Packers, locked on sports today. But I looked at some of the numbers for Aaron Rodgers, and I think these are the kind of things that if you're Green Bay's management, you have to ask. After last season, though, if you asked me, Is it in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers? I would have unequivocally said no. I don't think it is. I think it'd be foolish. If you asked me this offseason, even though I've thought all along that he's going back to Green Bay, if you asked me it right now, I might have to lean to, yeah, it's the right move for them to move on. Let's look at some of the numbers for Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of seasons. So let's go back to 2019. That would have been the first year under Matt LaFleur. He threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, four picks. Good numbers, not Aaron Rodgers-esque. Like, that's not 
classic vintage Aaron Rodgers. Then they drafted Jordan Love because they didn't look good. If you remember that season, first year with Matt LaFleur, they were 13-3, and and we were having discussions all year. Is this the worst 13-win football team you've ever seen? Because <laughs> they really weren't that impressive. Then you have the back-to-back MVP seasons after they draft Jordan Love. 2020, listen to this. 42-99 in passing yards, 48 touchdowns to five picks. Absolutely absurd numbers from Rodgers. 2021, 4,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, four picks. This is where it gets me worried that Rodgers might be headed to being washed. You heard those numbers. 19, four picks. 20, five picks. 21, four picks. This past season, 36-95 in passing yards, 26 touchdowns. This is what concerns me, 12 interceptions. Ironically, that's the most interceptions they've had since 2010. But in 2010, they won the Super Bowl. It's, I think, a little bit ironic. But that's where it gets me a little worried with Aaron Rodgers. If nothing else, if Rodgers' arm strength was dwindling a little bit or if his accuracy was just dipping a little bit or the processing wasn't quite there, if nothing else, more so than any quarterback in NFL history, you could always fall back on at least he doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't turn the ball over. Again, 2021, four picks, five picks in 20. Four picks in 19, and then 2022, 20, 12 picks. It gets you a little worried that maybe he's starting to lose a little bit of it. And he just didn't look as good last year, right? I thought it was kind of crazy watching his two MVP seasons where he would have games where he'd only throw for like 210 yards, but he'd throw for two touchdowns and no interceptions, and they'd find a way to win a football game. But 210 yards or so out of a... MVP caliber quarterback doesn't seem like that, right? Like, you watch Patrick Mahomes, it seems like the dude's throwing for 300 every game. Although you watch him in the Super Bowl, he didn't throw for 300. I don't, what did he throw for, like 210, 211, somewhere around there? He found a way to win football games. I just get a little concerned with Aaron Rodgers that if you're the Green Bay Packers, you always could fall back on that he takes care of the football. And last season, that wasn't the case. And then going into the final week of the season, You had an opportunity against the division rival in which the Packers have run the NFC North for the better part of three decades. Favre, my entire life, they've run the NFC North. Favre to Rodgers. I mean, they've basically owned it every single year that one of those guys has been at the helm. And you had an opportunity at Lambeau Field, last game of the year. You win, you're in. Detroit has absolutely nothing to play for. They can't make the playoffs and they couldn't get it done. I think there's a myriad of reasons as to why they struggled this year, Aaron Rodgers being one of them. I don't know that he's the leading cause, but it's a bad spot to be in if you're the Green Bay Packers now that you're looking at maybe having to move on from this guy after just signing him to that large deal last year. The amount of dead cap you're going to have to eat, the amount of money that you're going to have hindering your roster because of the contract you just signed with Rodgers last season. I think it's a little crazy that you find yourself in this situation one year after signing that extension when you would have had the option, even though it would have been unprecedented to move on from an MVP quarterback, you had the option to try that thing last year, and now they're going to probably end up moving on and moving him to the New York Jets. Now, I think the question is, if you're the Jets, how good does he make you? Does he make you good enough to win your division with Josh Allen? Probably not. Does he make you good enough to get into the wild card? I would think so. I would think he's going to make you 
an above 500 football team. But realistically, how good is Aaron Rodgers at this point? I still think Rodgers has a bit of zip in it. I still think he's good. I don't know that he's good enough to carry a football team anymore. And I fear what happened last season in Green Bay is you traded away his best weapon in Devontae Adams and you asked him to carry a football team again. I think you could say the same thing about a lot of quarterbacks. You think Tom Brady, when he won his Super Bowl with Tampa, if you put him back on the New England Patriots and asked him to carry a football team that was devoid of some talent, could have won a Super Bowl or even won his division or gone to an AFC title game? I'm not sure that he could have. He's too old to try and carry a football team on his back. And so he went to a situation in Tampa where it worked out that he had weapons around him and he wasn't the sole reason that they did well. I think that if you put Rodgers in a situation where he's not asked to be Superman, I think he can still be a very good NFL quarterback. I think what happened last year in Green Bay is they asked him to be Superman, and he's too old to be that. I really do. Take a quick break. We'll continue talking about Aaron Rodgers. Peter Bukowski comes up at 830. We'll get his thoughts on Lamar, Rodgers. All that comes up here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back into Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Coming up at 8.30, Peter Bukowski, Locked On Sports Today, Locked On Packers, going to join the show, going to get his thoughts on the Lamar Jackson situation. Also, he's obviously dialed into what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I want to get his thoughts. It's an odd spot where the Packers are at, that you're now letting the New York Jets essentially court your quarterback to come there. Now, where does the compensation come from? How much do they end up getting is an intriguing thing because there's no one else bidding for Aaron Rodgers, which sounds crazy. If you were to just say, hey, Aaron Rodgers is available, you would think, oh, yeah, line up, baby. It's Aaron Rodgers. But it's not. It's the New York Jets, and pretty much that's it. So how good do the Jets become if Aaron Rodgers gets there? Because you have a couple weapons there. Brees Hall gets healthy. You get a good running back back. Garrett Wilson is a stud wide receiver. You're going to have him cheap for a couple more seasons. Uh, Elijah Moore, do you get something more out of him now? And I thought the Jets did well getting a guy like Sauce Gardner. It's going to be interesting, too. What happens if they don't get him? You saw guys like Sauce, Brees Hall, those guys all hopping on social media saying, hey, Aaron, uh, come on over here to New York. And what happens if they don't get it? And they're like, yeah. Zach Wilson. <laughs> How awkward is that conversation going to be? I guess it's no aw- more awkward than them all wearing Mike White shirts, and Mike White's not Aaron Rodgers. I think Zach Wilson probably understands why they would want Aaron Rodgers in town. But again, I, I think the thing that concerns me with Rodgers, I still think that he can play at a pretty decently high level in the NFL. I just question if he's lost a little bit of it because he's throwing interceptions now. He threw the most interceptions last year since 2010. He almost threw as many interceptions last season as the previous three combined. You're getting to a point where if he's turning the football over, is he giving you 300-yard passing games every week? No, he only threw for 3,600 yards. Is he throwing for three touchdowns every week? No, he only threw 26 touchdowns. Then if you're going to be turning the ball over, I'm going to need you to up the other categories. And I think it's a... 
intriguing thing for the Packers to really consider trading him because maybe they're all in on Jordan Love. But if you watched last season for the Green Bay Packers, the beginning of the season was absolutely atrocious. And then the Week 18 finish was terrible. But there was a stretch there at the end where the Packers went from being completely irrelevant in the playoff picture to once again being a factor. And if they would have won Week 18, they would have been in the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers and the offense was a big part of why that happened. The defense stepped up their play under old friend Joe Barry, but Aaron Rodgers really stepped up his play as well, and the offense started to click and look like the unit that you're accustomed to seeing in green and gold and green bay. So maybe Rodgers still has it in him, but when you go into a season and your number one receiver gets traded away to the Las Vegas Raiders and you're rolling with guys like Alan Lazard as your top guy, you're rolling with guys like Romeo Dobbs, who was drafted in the mid middle rounds of the draft. Christian Watson, a guy in the second round who came out of North Dakota State, and even he struggled to stay on the field at the beginning of the year. Maybe it's just a situation that he was in is why he struggled, and if you put him in New York, you feel like, all right, he's still got it in him. I think that Green Bay, if they were to keep Aaron Rodgers and add a piece or two, could be a real contender once again in the NFC. So why are they moving on? Do they really believe in Jordan Love that much? Do they really think that he can lead them to that next step? You know, as much as they call themselves title town for a reason, right, up in Green Bay, they're not just going to go after a guy and Jordan Love and say this is our guy if they don't really think that he can lead them to a Super Bowl. I don't believe that's the case. I, I, I think that if they really believe Jordan Love must be able to lead them to a Super Bowl if they're willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sold on it. I think Jordan Love can be solid. I'm still not sold that he's the right answer. I want to ask all these things to Peter Bukowski coming up next. Locked on Packers, locked on sports today. We'll get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, also on Lamar Jackson. That comes up next here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back into Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. It's time to get out to the BetQL guest hotline and get to Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Sports Today, also Locked On Packers. Peter Bukowski joins us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Peter, how's it going, man? It's been a long time since we've spoken, but uh, lots has gone on. I've traded in basically quarterback watch, which you're still on out there, for uh, owner watch now out here. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to trade back? <laughs> I honestly probably would take some of the Rodgers drama for the Snyder drama. <laughs> so, uh, right, Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so looking at this Rodgers stuff, man, uh, you know, I spent last year kind of – or last couple of years trying to figure out what's going to happen. Now we're in an offseason where I kind of thought he was going to end up back in Green Bay. Now the Jets people are flying out to meet him in California. Like, what are the chances that Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers quarterback next year? Not very high, right? I mean, what is a number less than zero? I mean, because <laughs> this, like, this is just it, – it is untenable to try and go back. Yeah. The genie is out of the bottle. The toothpaste is out of 
the tube. Whatever metaphor you want to use, I just don't know how you come back from this. And especially given what we know about Aaron Rodgers, he holds a grudge. Like if you let him, um, you know, if, if, we, if we compare this to a relationship, if you let him temporarily see other people, it's going to be really hard to be like, no, no, Aaron, please come back. No, that's just, it's just not going to work that way. So I think Adam Schefter, uh, you know, he, he, some people, certainly Packer fans who would love to see Aaron Rodgers back, when Adam Schefter said it looks like the option is either retiring or playing for the Jets, he said that last week. A lot of Packer fans went, you know, went kind of nuts about that. That looks like where we are. It is either going to be retirement, which I think is pretty unlikely, or it's going to be the Jets, or you have some stealth team that comes in, especially with the reports that all these teams are going to stand on principle for some dumb reason and not want to get involved with Lamar Jackson. Uh, okay, well, why wouldn't the Miami Dolphins, if it seems like the price is not going to be that high, uh, why wouldn't they get in the mix? If it seems like it's, you know, cause this is this is what always makes me laugh. I, I hear these reports. Oh, it's not going to take a first-round pick. The price is going to be lower than people think. No, it's not. And here's why. Because there are 10 teams in the league that could benefit from having Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And even if right now they're going, no, no, we don't want to get in the mix. If all it is going to take is one first-round pick to get Aaron Rodgers, someone is going to do that, even if it's just for one year. If they're going to be moving on from Aaron Rodgers, talking with Peter Bukowski, locked on Packers, locked on sports today, if they're going to be moving on, which it really does seem like is going to happen, why this offseason? Why not last offseason? Well, I don't know if you remember, but in 2021, he was the MVP of the National Football League. It would be it would be unprecedented for someone to trade a player in that position. Now, the Packers traded Brett Favre coming off of um, a second-place MVP finish in 2007. I think that would be the closest comparison. But remember, Brett Favre retired, like actually retired, and then said, oh, JK, I want to come back. It's a very different situation. Um, now, Rodgers was mulling retirement. It is bizarre that, that for Packers Nation, we're here again to be witnessing all of this. I mean, 15 years ago, the exact same thing was going on with Brett Favre. Andrew Brandt has been chronicling this all the way. And of like, course, there it's are, the Jets, right? Right. And there are so many comparisons. I was just going to say, there are so many comparisons that you're just going, you could copy and paste Rodgers and Favre's name. And the story is the exact same, including now. Going to the Jets, I joked on Twitter today that Paul Allen better tune up his NFC Championship call for 2025 when, when Aaron Rodgers disappoints at the Metrodome. <laughs> and uh, th- I guess the better way to phrase that question that I just asked you was, was Aaron Rodgers really that bad last season that you go from, <laughs> we have to go, we, we signed this guy to three years, 150 basically, and now we're like, we got to move on. Is that the case, or is it, look, Jordan Love is the better option, and this is what we're going to go with? So I think they're related. Um, I think if Jordan Love had no chance of being ready, like if it was just a bust, like some Packer fans will tell you, they would they would be pushing harder to keep Aaron Rodgers. Um, but that's not the case. They really like Jordan Love, and they think Jordan Love can be not just a starter, but a high-quality starter. His, his teammates think that, the coaches think that, and certainly the front office thinks that. So given that, then what you have to balance is, all right, then how much better is Aaron Rodgers relative to the haul you could get? So is Aaron Rodgers and the money you're going to pay him better than Jordan Love plus the 13th pick in the draft? 
I don't know. And because we're finally at the place where you can start having reasonable conversations about that, that's what I think is tipping the scales here. Aaron Rodgers last year, we've seen multiple reports now, and this is something that I have talked about on Locked on Packers. Certainly took plenty of heat for saying it, but it was true when I said it, and it's true now that we're seeing people like Tyler Dunn and Mike Silver report it, that the leadership was not there this last year. In fact, the quote that I thought was so damning from Mike Silver was that they felt like he bailed, that he got his money and bailed, did not show up to OTAs to get acclimated with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, understanding that that was going to take some time, was not the leader that they needed week to week, day to day over the course of the season, was not locked in in that way. We saw the play fall off, and then he gets hurt. And so I think at a certain point when you have – some of these problematic um, attitude issues, leadership deficiencies, for whatever anyone else wants to say, you know, players and teammates have come to his defense in the past, but not everyone loves being Aaron Rodgers' teammate. And that was fine when you're winning MVPs and you're going to the NFC Championship game every year when it starts to become clear that there is another player on your team who could do what you're doing without all the drama and – they're a guy that everyone likes in that locker room, which is the case for Jordan Love. Players love Jordan Love. Um, that's when you start to make these decisions. So it's, it's a, a conglomeration of all of those factors. Talking with Peter Bukowski, locked on sports today, also locked on Packers. A couple more about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers before we get to Lamar Jackson. How good does Aaron Rodgers make the New York Jets? Like, Do they actually become contenders in the AFC, or is this a move that – really shouldn't concern anyone in the AFC that Aaron Rodgers is coming over. Uh, oh, no, this makes the, the Jets dangerous. Really, really dangerous. I'm, I'm talking about, like, second-tier contender dangerous and, and maybe some internal development or, or maybe a David Bakhtiari in addition to Aaron Rodgers trade mm. away from being downright uh, frightening for these teams. And, like, I, I don't think it's unreasonable. Like, if you take the Buffalo Bills roster and go player for player with the New York Jets roster – and then you add Aaron Rodgers, how different is it really? Because this defense for the New York Jets is absolutely loaded. The offense with Garrett Wilson and the steps that he has taken, Elijah Moore, it seems like now maybe they're going to keep Corey Davis in New York. That part is unclear what's going on there. They need some help in the offensive line, but the backfield is incredible. Brees Hall, when he comes back from that injury, so I think you can make the case that the Jets with Aaron Rodgers are every bit as talented as a team like the Bills. You've got the Bengals. You've got the Chiefs. Having that elite quarterback, I mean, this Jets team, if Mike White starts 17 games for them, they'd probably win 10 or 11. That's Mike White. Now just take, forget 2020, forget 2021 Aaron Rodgers, forget MVP Aaron Rodgers. How about just 2019 Aaron Rodgers? Just like really solid top 10 quarterback Aaron Rodgers. That Jets team is no worse than the fourth best team to me in the AFC. Real quickly, what last one here. I'll go to the Packers with Jordan Love at QB. Well, um, I think they could be in a very similar position to what the Jets were a, a year ago, where at the end of the year, they need to win a couple games to get into the postseason. They are, not, they, are, they are not going to Jordan Love to rebuild. They're going to Jordan Love because they think they can win football games with Jordan Love. And so if, if they can get, let's say they get the 13th pick, Let's say you know, they, they have the 15th pick. They, they use one of those on a pass catcher. They're able to bring in, um, you know, let's say, one mildly impactful free agent. This was, this was, by a lot of the numbers, DVOA and some of the EPA per play numbers, 
a top 10 team by the end of the season, even with that disappointing loss to the Lions at home. I think that they can get the same level of play from Jordan Love as they got from Aaron Rodgers last year or better, and that means that they're going to they're be competing for a playoff spot down to the last game. Talking with Peter Bukowski, Locked On Sports Today, also Locked On Packers. Let's transition and talk about Lamar Jackson. I spent the whole first hour of this segment of overtime trying to figure out what's going on with Lamar Jackson. I won't put any words in your mouth. I won't lead you anywhere. What is going on with Lamar and all these teams? I mean, it is it is hard for me to come to any conclusion other than that there is there is some some ownership. <sighs> I'm trying to be very careful about the words that I use here because of the nature of some of the people involved. It seems like NFL teams have decided, whether directly or indirectly, whether explicitly or implicitly, that they do not want to set the precedent of the second fully guaranteed contract at this level. Remember, Kirk Cousins got the fully guaranteed one first, that three years, $84 million or whatever that first Vikings contract was. But the Deshaun Watson contract was something that I don't think any other NFL team wants to say, yes, we codify this. This is something we are – because two is a trend. Once you get to two, now every quarterback is going to say, this is what we deserve. This is what we should get. And no other – team wants to do this so this is a moral stand let's see how long it lasts I think ultimately what this will do is cause Lamar Jackson to go back to the Ravens the Ravens will raise their price a little and and we will get something close to a fully guaranteed contract but not a fully guaranteed contract and someone else will have to fight this fight to get the fully guaranteed money Um, but I, I do think someone will put together an offer sheet I think the Ravens will match it, and this, this will be eventually sort of much ado about nothing. But we are closer than we've ever been to someone opening that, that Pandora's box of fully guaranteed contracts. And it's going to take something in the CBA, I think, to either codify it fully or prevent it from happening in any real way. Last one, because I was going to ask you where you think Lamar is going to play. You answered that by saying the Ravens. Do you think that that was the right move for them to place the non-exclusive, not going with the exclusive franchise tag, but instead giving teams that opportunity? Do you think that was the right move for Baltimore? Here's, here's what I think, um, because you asked. <laughs> um, Baltimore doesn't believe their offer is non-competitive. They don't think any other team is going to offer more for Lamar Jackson than they are willing to offer. And that is a gamble to be sure. But I think that is the position that they currently find themselves in going, we think we have hit the top of your market. We do not think anyone else is going to beat this offer. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to prove it. We're going to let everyone in the league put together an offer sheet if they want to, and you see if you can find a better deal than we're giving you. I think that's the, that's the calculated risk that they're taking. Is it the one that I would have made? No, I probably would have just given him the contract. But it's, it's very easy to say it's not my money, it's Steve Bishotti's money, right? It's very easy for me to spend $300 million of Steve Bishotti's money yeah. and put half of it in escrow or whatever the CBA antiquated rules say. So I, is, it, is, it the, is it what I would have done? Maybe not. But I, I, I see the wisdom in what they're doing. I, I think I see the plan at least. Peter, it's good to talk again. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon once all this Rodgers-Jets stuff gets finalized, but it's good catching up once again. You too, man.
that you heard from Peter Bukowski. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. We're going to wrap up the show coming up next. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back into Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Wrapping up here before we turn it over to some Hokies hoops. They take on NC State in the ACC tournament tonight. Check that out here on 106.7 The Fan once we get off the air. Appreciate Peter Bukowski for joining us. Always good to catch up with him and get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Look, I know that you might not all be on the edge of your seat with all the Aaron Rodgers stuff, but having been up there and seen some of the, the crazed reactions when you just say the polarizing name Aaron Rodgers it's always fun seeing what's going to happen there but just to wrap up the show this evening before we turn it over to some Hokies hoops back to the Lamar Jackson situation you know I I think you heard it from Peter Bukowski there that it does seem a little bit fishy the way things are going it does seem like owners might be working together to keep the price down. I don't doubt that there's some of that involved. I don't doubt that some of the owners are looking at this and saying, we cannot let this get to another number because some owners would have no problem. Like, look, the Waltons with the Denver Broncos, no issue whatsoever with that coming out. Like, no issue if they get to a large number and they have to put that in escrow. No issue. Because they've got the cash flow of, they got so much money with Walmart. That's not necessarily the case with every owner. And so I think of some of them have to look at it and say, we can't let this become the precedent, or we might have to consider getting out of ownership. Our quarterbacks are not going to be able to be paid. You know, very rarely does it seem like you're not able to keep your guys in the NFL because of the salary cap. Look at the Major League Baseball, right? Small market teams. When you have someone that is a stud in a small market, it's hard for them to pay because they're not bringing in the amount of cash that some of these other ones are. Why is there always a stud, right, that plays really well with some city, and the next thing you know, they're with the New York Yankees. They're with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's because they can't pay pay them in their small city, so they go somewhere big. I don't know that you want that to happen in the NFL, and maybe if it were to get to a point where some of this stuff started to go down and you'd have some questions whether owners could actually afford this. I'm sure they would adjust a lot of this stuff. But it's just a little bit concerning to see all of this. But then looking at it from the team's perspective, once again, for Lamar Jackson, I'm not going to help out the Baltimore Ravens and do their job for them. Again, the whole reason that we're in this situation right now with Lamar Jackson is the Ravens' front office And Lamar Jackson could never figure out what the deal was going to be, how much cash there's going to be in it, how much is guaranteed. Why am I going to do all your work for you? And you know that if you don't go with a number high enough to scare off the Ravens and say that they won't take it back, that they're just going to ultimately dive back in at the last second and take the guy back home. I don't want to do that if I'm an owner, if I'm a front office of of another NFL franchise. I'm not going to help them do their work. I want them to figure it out themselves. And I think in all honesty, the way that this all works out for the owners, 
it benefits them to not get in because of the cash issues, because of the guaranteed money. And I don't think they're all colluding together. I don't think that they're all working on this together. But I think there's an understanding that if we don't do the work for the Ravens, if we let them figure things out with Lamar themselves, maybe one or two teams gets involved. But for the most part, it's just the Ravens and Lamar still working out this deal and hammering it out. If we do that, it'll benefit us in the long term, too, that his number won't get driven up. It's just an odd spot for Lamar Jackson, a guy who's uber talented, a guy who has as high a ceiling as anyone in the NFL. Because to me, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, and maybe I'm just too young to remember some of the other guys in their prime, I think that Lamar Jackson, you could argue, is the greatest running quarterback of all time already. Maybe he doesn't have the longevity of some of the other guys, but did any of the other guys win an MVP award? Not that I can recall. Vic didn't win one. I don't think Cunningham won one. So these guys before, while they might be the names that you all associate with the running quarterback, think about Michael Vick and how fun he was to play with in Madden back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I think some of this stuff gets fantasized more than the reality. Lamar Jackson is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, rushing QBs of all time. He won an MVP award. He's probably the best passing of all these guys. Look, the other guys had cannons for arms, right? Michael Vick, Cunningham, but they didn't have always the accuracy or weren't the evolved passers that I think Lamar Jackson has that ability to do. He hasn't shown it over the last couple of seasons, but I think Lamar Jackson can be a really refined, really technical NFL QB. And I hope that eventually he can really show that off. But I think all of this ends, just to sum up what we've talked about all tonight and QB gossip on overtime on 106.7 is I think Lamar Jackson, all this stuff winds up being much ado about nothing, like Peter Bukowski said. I think he ends up back in Baltimore. And I really thought, I said this last week, I really thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to end up back in Green Bay. I don't think that's going to happen now. I think you're going to see him end up with the New York Jets. I think you're going to see Jordan Love starting for the Green Bay Packers. And whether you like it or not, as a Commanders fan, I think you're going to see Sam Howell starting for them. And I think I'm content with all those things. All right, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys listening in. For the Stallion, Ryan Clary, I'm Toby Altizer. Until next time, we'll see you later.